the icons of real estate podcast. Are you ready to learn the proven money-making secrets from top producing icon agents? Ready to skyrocket your business? This podcast is for you. Tune in every week with your host, Tomasz Fonseca, and find out how to implement proven strategies to 10 times your business. From $3 million to $30 million in just 12 months. Brought to you by the Masters in Real Estate Marketing, Ardor SEO. Welcome to the Icons of Real Estate podcast. I'm your host, Patty Teal. Today's guest is Mark Willis. He's a man on a mission to help you think differently about your money, your economy, and your future. After graduating with six figures of student loan debt and discovering a way to turn his debt into real wealth as he watched everybody else lose their retirement savings and home equity in 2008, he knew he needed to find a more predictable way to meet his financial objectives and those of his clients. He's a certified financial planner, a three-time number one best-selling author, the owner of Lake Growth Financial Services, a financial firm in Chicago, and co-host of Not Your Average Financial Podcast. Over the years, he's helped hundreds of his clients to take back control of their financial future and build their businesses with proven tax-efficient financial solutions unknown to most financial gurus. He's become known as You've got it. Not your average financial planner. I love that name. Welcome, Mark. Thanks, Patty. Glad to be on. Oh, it's so great to have you on. So generally, Mark, how we start the show is to ask you to share how you got to this point where you have so much knowledge as a financial planner. Can you take us through the journey that took you there? Well, you kind of touched on it a little in the reading okay. of the bio there. It was uh, out of a need of necessity uh, for survival, financial survival. Uh, as I graduated from college in the middle of the Great Recession with uh, six figures, $120,000 of student loan debt and no job, and no one was really hiring at that point. Mm -hmm. And maybe the most crucial piece to the puzzle there was I had no plan or even awareness of how to pay off the debt. It was a scary time. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, it's hard to even put yourself back in those shoes, but the closest thing I can say is think back to how you felt right around the end of March, 2020. Uh, and that's sort of how it felt for like a year and a half for most of us in that mm -hmm. period of time in the great recession, as we were seeing the world come unraveled. Uh, right. Yeah. And, and right as I'm getting started in life, it felt like I was being dropped into the front lines of a financial war. Uh, and at the same time, I did get mostly like just angry at all that debt and mm -hmm. wanted to find a better way to be debt-free, better than debt-free. I wanted to be building assets and, and helping prepare for a financial future that would never put me in that place ever again to where I was under the thumb of a banker quite like that. So um, yes, it was quote unquote good debt, but as somebody told me earlier today, good debt can still feel like one of those Indiana Jones rocks rolling right after you uh, and you're trying <laughs> to escape. That's not good. So, <laughs> so that's sort of what got me uh, focused on money in the first place. Uh, and since then, we've had the privilege of working with over a thousand clients, both me and, and my advisors and associates that partner with me uh, all across the country. And uh, it's been a real journey and a privilege to get to see people take back control of their financial future with, with you know, time-tested financial strategies uh, that keep them in the driver's seat. Wow, that's wonderful. And that you we're thinking ahead so young. I, I think that that's a trend now. I hear young people all the time talking about that. Uh, I'm not sure back 
I don't know. There's always some people that are thinking about money, but some of us didn't think about money back then. So <laughs> yeah. it's good to start early. Well, it, it, including me, I had, again, no no uh, awareness. They, oh, they want me to pay off that student loan? Oh. They, they want it back? Oh, <laughs> yeah. well, it, it wasn't until that bill started showing up in the mailbox that things got real. And uh, my real. wife and I had yeah. a couple of hard conversations early on there. How are we going to mm -hmm. do this? And got yeah. extra jobs, side jobs, um, pinched pennies, ate mostly beans and rice. And on Friday nights, we'd eat rice and beans just to spick, you know, spice things up. Uh, <laughs> and so uh, it was a it was a long journey, but we found some ways that that were very contrarian, very counterintuitive uh, that helped us not only pay off the debt, but uh, prepare for a financial future without sacrificing our retirement in the process. Wow. Could you share some of those ways? Oh, sure. Yeah. We, um, well, we we were really befuddled with this troubling realization. My first aha moment was realizing that I had to pay off the debt. Mm -hmm. And that's just sort of a young maturing moment for me. Right. But then the next aha moment was somewhere about halfway through my project of paying off that student loan, all those student loans, I realized this, this, I had to contend with this thing that we all have to contend with. The thing that we all wrestle with is opportunity cost. That is the demon or the snake in our financial life. It's not, it's not like a market meltdown. It's not taxes going up. It's, it's an invisible threat called opportunity cost. And it's the idea that when you buy something, you are saying no to buying anything else with that same dollar. To put it in another way, when I pay cash for an ice cream cone or a cup of coffee, I'll lose that three bucks for sure, but I'll also lose whatever that $3 might have earned and grown for me over my lifetime had I skipped the coffee and invested the money instead. That's mm -hmm. opportunity cost. So the true cost of my cup of coffee or ice cream cone was $12 or $15 or whatever right. it would have earned for me. Mm -hmm. And when I realized that in my late 20s, I realized, oh my goodness, that debt it, it might say 120 on the, on the balance, right? Mm -hmm. um, but the true cost of that debt might, might be half a million dollars, might be a, you know close to a million dollars. If I don't do this right, I'll pay off all that debt and be nine years older and back at the starting line of my financial life. And so that was, a, that was like a jaw-dropping, take the wind out of your sails kind of moment when I realized that the, the opportunity of the dollars in my pocket were more valuable at that moment than they'd ever be ever again. And that's true no matter what your age. You know, the money in your pocket today has more value due to opportunity costs than it ever will again because we're as young as we're ever going to be today, right now. So yeah. with all that in mind, I had to find a way to not just pay, pay off my debt, but to become better than debt-free. And that's where we stumbled across some strategies such as the bank on yourself concept, learning to not only just pay off our debt, but buy back our debt from all of our creditors and it literally become our own source of financing. To do what the banks do, you got to act like banks act. And that's how we were able to pay ourselves back rather than just pay off the debt. It's so fascinating, but you figured it out how to do that. It, well, are you still wasn't using, me. It wasn't you? <laughs> no, yeah. it wasn't me. I just uh, had, had a good mentor. Actually, mm -hmm. it was a previous college professor of mine. He had no mm -hmm. skin in the game. He didn't care what we did right. you know, uh, on a personal level, he just cared about us. And mm -hmm. I appreciated him as a kind person that had our best interest at heart. And he sat down in my living room and said, well, Mark, uh, I realize you're in all this debt because we had made that clear to him. Right. And uh, he was a professor at the college where we had taken, taken all those student loans out. Right. Maybe. So <laughs> maybe he had some 
feeling of uh, obligation here. But uh-huh. anyway, he and I had a long talk. And at one point he said, Mark, you know, do you understand how banking really works? And I had never really thought about it. Mm-hmm. Now, a uh, little side note, banking is different than banks. You know, one is a verb, one is a noun um, right. in essence. I'm no, I'm no English major, but that's that much I think I've got. Mm-hmm. And banks are a pretty modern phenomenon. The way we understand banks today, mortgage banks, credit cards, finance companies, they are generally speaking only a few hundred years old at the very oldest. Uh, but banking is as old as human civilization. In fact, there's a great book out there, Patty. It's called Debt, the First 5,000 Years Wow! by David Graeber. Great Mm -hmm. book. The title says it all. It says banking, debt, banking is as old as any other human civil, you know, institution, Mm -hmm. as old as marriage, as old as friendship, as old as cave paintings. So banking is something that we all, again, are participating in, whether we realize it or not, if we're in the human civilization. The only problem is most of us are sitting on the wrong side of the banker's desk. And when we so sit on the, the wrong truth. side, oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> that's true. And and mm-hmm. I think a lot of real estate investors, I think a lot of business owners that I work with mm-hmm. uh, across this country, they are feeling the, the, you know, the pressure of having to come up with that monthly nut every month to, to pay off the creditors, the snakes, the banks, whatever. Uh, and they're the ones, the, the banks are the ones that control your business's survival. Mm-hmm. In fact, most of the time, it's banks that take you to bankruptcy court to mm-hmm. suck you dry, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so so when when you are letting someone else run your banking function, then they control the environment mm-hmm. of your business, of your personal life. You know, the average American only saves 4% of their income, but they're spending close to 30% of their income on debt payments, according to the U.S. Commerce Bureau. Mm-hmm. So if you're saving, let's just do the math on that for a minute, and then I'll get back to right. uh, no, my own story. Right, this is fascinating, but, yeah. But uh, you know, if, you've got, if you've got 100 grand of income, mm-hmm. okay, your income is 100 grand, and you're saving 4% of that, that's $4,000 a year. Mm-hmm. Okay, so just doing my mental math here, it's uh, after lunch, so I hope I do this right. If I doubled my money, I'd have 8,000 bucks. Mm-hmm. I put away four, doubled my money in the stock market or whatever. I'm, I now have 8,000 to my name. But if I have a hundred grand of income and I'm spending 30% of it on debt payments, that's $30,000 gone out the door to somebody else. So right. I don't care what kind of rate of return you have. If your bank is taking even half of that, 15% of your money, that's still more than what the typical American is saving by a, a factor of two at least. Mm-hmm. And nobody's getting a 100% rate of return in the stock market right now. Right. <laughs> so right. the banks have a guaranteed rate of return on your debt, guaranteed rate of return on your debt. And then we take whatever leftover we can save or invest and put it into things that we have no guarantee on stocks, bonds, real estate, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So when you factor all this in, you realize that banks are controlling the environment in which your money lives. It's sort of like my, my daughter and I, we have a we have a little fish with an aquarium, you know, and all this, and we have to regularly clean the filters and we have to keep the water the right temperature. We control the environment in which that little fish lives. Mm-hmm. And if we mess things up, if, if we were sinister, which thank, thank God we're not, but <laughs> no. you know, if we wanted to, we could say goodbye to that little fishy because we mm-hmm. could mess with the environment and there goes the fish, right? Mm-hmm. So 
the same is true with our money and yeah, banks control the environment. in that position. Yeah. That's so right. How do you flip that around? Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> one option is to just pay cash for everything, you know, uh -huh. and that's what some radio hosts would love to tell you. Radio uh, financial infotainers. Um, but I don't think that's the right way to go. Again, mm -hmm. opportunity cost. If I buy my car with cash, I'm losing opportunity right. cost Something to that money. Something you could use as an investment that would Absolutely. bring you more back. Yes. Well, the trouble is either we're paying interest to a banker mm -hmm. or we're passing up interest we could have earned on money had we not bought the car and just invested mm -hmm. the money instead. So the, 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 the brain breaking moment for me was when I realized that I finance everything I buy. Mm -hmm. Either I pay interest to a banker or I pay cash and lose the opportunity cost of letting that money continue to grow. Compound interest is the eighth wonder of the world, says Albert Einstein. Mm -hmm. But when I keep breaking compound growth because of my needing to buy coffee cups of coffee or cars or college educations, then I'm no longer getting that compound growth and I start back over at zero all over again. Mm -hmm. So the only way I've been able to find is something known as bank on yourself which essentially feels like financial jujitsu. You know that feeling when apparently, and I'm no martial arts guy, but apparently there are certain forms of, um, of uh, martial arts fighting where when an uh, enemy comes at you with a punch or a kick, you can use the energy or the power that they're coming at you with to turn right. it around on them instead. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not running away from the fight. You're using and leveraging the, the same power against your opponent. So what if you could become your own source of financing, actually turn around the tables on the banker and become your own source of financing? What if you could actually buy back your debt and pay the, the, the payment that you were paying to the credit cards or the college loans or the car payments or the mortgage payments and just pay it to yourself instead? That, that In that moment, you become your own banker and you instantly break free from the banking system and you bring banking back in-house. Well, I just love the concept. I really, really do. Now, do you have to have a pretty high credit score to be able to do something like that? No, thank goodness. Yeah, and it's a cool concept. <laughs> it's a cool concept. Uh -huh. But I do think that we need to bring it down the ladder a little bit in terms of like, how do we actually do that? That would be good, <laughs> right? yes. Because I'm, I'm, I'm going, I want to do it, but how? How do we get started with that? Yes. Right. Well, I mean, mm -hmm. to me, it was sort of like, well, it's a cool concept, but I can't do it. You know, or, mm -hmm. you know, what about my credit score? What about my mm -hmm. past history with banks? No, you don't need to be, um, you know, Scrooge McDuck to be your own banker. You don't need an FDIC bank charter with a hundred million bucks and, you know, a, a street corner bank, you know, or credit union, but you do need true real financial strategies and accounts and products that have been out there and can be used, right? You can't mm -hmm. be your own banker if you're still using a savings account or a credit card. You got to use different tools to do what mm -hmm. banks do. Mm -hmm. uh, and this is where things get a little sideways because as a certified, now I'm a certified financial planner. Okay. So uh, I'm taught the kind of traditional methods of saving and investing for retirement, but I can never do the banking function with typical financial, conventional financial products, which is why, as you called me, the not your average financial planner, that some mm -hmm. of the strategies I've stumbled across are kind of contrarian. So, mm -hmm. for example, of all the things in the financial universe, I can't find anything that lets me act like a bank besides a dividend paying whole life insurance policy. Mm -hmm. of all things in the mm -hmm. financial. Now, if I could be talking about anything else right now, I would be, 
but I can't find anything else that lets me act like a bank without literally going out and getting a, you know, bank charter and getting FDIC insurance and all that. So uh, I'll be brief here, but I'll try to explain how whole life insurance has anything to say about banking. And then Patty, I'll hush and love to get your feedback on this. No, so. like do you go on as much as you want. I'm okay. taking notes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, uh, so in principle, whole life insurance is life insurance. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we have to start there, but it's not the kind of life insurance that, you know, that maybe you've heard about in terms of it being term insurance mm -hmm. and it's not old fashioned whole life, which is really riddled with commissions and slow growing. Um, so first of all, it's not term insurance. Term insurance is sort of like renting an apartment. You rent the term insurance for a little bit of time and then the landlord starts to raise the rent on you and then kicks you out and you have no money to show for all, all that you've paid into it. That's kind of like renting an apartment. Term insurance is like that. Nothing yeah. wrong with renting, but you know it's not going to help build wealth. Mm -hmm. the, the other option is whole life insurance, which does build wealth. There's something called a cash value, not just a death benefit, but a living benefit called a cash value. It's almost like equity in the policy, kind of like equity in your home. And the premiums don't get higher. They just stay flat. So that's easy, easier and easier to pay over, over the many years. And you can use that equity that you're building up sort of like a line of credit to yourself. Mm -hmm. So it does have a death benefit. Sure. Maybe it's a million bucks or 2 million or whatever, half a million, but your cash value, which might be hundred grand, 200 grand, 500 grand over the years, that'll continue to grow on a guaranteed basis. Guaranteed. This means mm -hmm. that the policy's cash value will grow, increase in value every single year, no matter what the stock market's doing, no matter who sneezed on who, no matter um, what is going on in, in Europe, no matter you know what the latest tech trend is or the latest meme stock is doing, your, your net worth in that policy is growing on a predictable and guaranteed basis. As we were saying earlier, it, it only goes up and to the right mm -hmm. every single year, guaranteed. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Next, um, you know, next, it, it is also liquid money that you can use for any reason. And there's, if we design it correctly, there is no taxes due to get access to that money. Hmm. So you can put any amount that you want into the policy, as long as you can get approved for it. And you can pack that money in on a tax favored basis and get the money out with no taxes due. So it's a lot like a Roth IRA, except without all the red tape of a Roth IRA. Hmm. Uh, and then lastly, that cash value is pretty interesting because you can borrow against it like a, like a bank, you know, it's almost like a line of credit, but to yourself rather than say to a banker, you can borrow against it. You cannot be denied for that loan. It's, it's hard coded right into the contract that you always have first rights to your own money via the mm -hmm. loan. And you can borrow against the cash value, but the policy's cash value will continue to grow uninterrupted even on the capital you've borrowed. So let me say that another way and then I'll hush. Let's say you've got a hundred grand mm -hmm. in cash and you want to buy a car and that car is 40 grand. Mm -hmm. So I've got a hundred grand in my policy. I want to buy a $40,000 vehicle. I can use a cash regular bank account, drain that savings account. And now I've got nothing to show for my money. I, I'm breaking compound growth. I've lost the opportunity cost. Or... I can use my policy. I can borrow against that policy, pay cash for the car at the dealer, but my policy will continue to compound and grow on the full 100,000 bucks, even the 40 grand I had borrowed out to buy the car. Oh, so I don't break is, compound growth. 
Yeah, this is a great way, isn't it, for people to get started who don't have money socked away to be able to do this. I imagine it's good uh, when you're young and healthy and that the rates become very high when you get older and maybe have had some health problems. Is that correct? Oh, great question, Patty. Actually, surprisingly, um, we work with folks up until they're 85 years young really? to get these policies because, mm -hmm. and the reason why this still makes sense, and I don't recommend everyone just run out and go get one of these. Right. We can talk about why it doesn't make sense for certain folks here if you'd mm -hmm. like, Patty, but yeah, age, health even. Um, I have seen folks, um, the way we design these policies, we shrink down the expenses of the death benefit as hard as we can. Most oh. whole life insurance, it's all about the death benefit. And right. you're right. In that case, age and health really matter big time. But if we can squeeze down the death benefit in favor of our cash value, then a you know, a 69-year-old will have a cash value about the same as a 29-year-old would. The only difference would be the size of the death benefit on the 29-year-old would be larger. You know, maybe you'd have a million-dollar death benefit for the 29-year-old, whereas maybe a 500 grand death benefit for the 69-year-old. It's all proportional, mm -hmm. but the key is the cash value grows the same, whether you're young or have a few extra candles on the cake. I love this plan. I think it's a great way to especially get started is what I'm thinking. If you don't have the cash socked away and you can do that, are many other people recommending this approach or is this something that is kind of unique to what your company and you do? Well, there are, um, um, short, short answer. There are there. I was just listening that there are several billion dollars in cash value, uh, banks are some of the biggest purchasers of these. Bank of America actually has over $150 billion themselves in cash value. Uh, and uh, people have owned whole life insurance for over 200 years. And they've used the loan feature for about as long. Uh, the only difference is in the last 30, 40 years, we've really seen these policies designed more efficiently for cash accumulation. Uh, and so, no, I would say most people still think about whole life insurance the old-fashioned way. Mm -hmm. uh, and there are 400,000 life insurance agents in the United States. That's about one for every 800 Americans. And what you and I are just talking about right now, Patty, maybe 99.9% of them have no idea what we're even talking about right now. Wow. <laughs> um, These are the so, people that sell it don't know yeah, about yeah. that? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, I would say most Insurance agents are are there to sell the death benefit, but mm -hmm. what we're talking about is a financial planning management tool, uh, which happens to include life insurance, but the focus is that cash value that helps us use it as a cash flow tool for our real estate purchase. Mm -hmm. You know, why would I pay cash for a real estate deal if I could use my policy instead? In fact, that's what I do. Mm -hmm. And that's what many of our clients do. You know, so folks, maybe they're just getting started. Or mm -hmm. maybe they're putting in several hundred thousand bucks a year into mm -hmm. a policy, but maybe it's just three or 400 bucks a month. You know, it just kind of comes down to where they are in their financial journey at that point. I just love it. I think now, it's brilliant. <laughs> now, there are a couple of downsides. There's no perfect okay. lunch anywhere. Uh, someone mm -hmm. once said there's no free lunch except the cheese on the wrong end of a mousetrap. So we <laughs> want to really know what the uh, the catch is. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, it's not it's not tied to the stock market. So okay. we've talked about how wonderful it is to have guaranteed growth, especially this year, mm -hmm. you know, um, on the other hand, it's never going to give us a wow year in the best years of the, the booming bull market. It's, it's going to be boring, mm -hmm. you know, middle single digits over time is kind of what we can expect off these policies. 
So for those that need just rocket ship kind of returns, they're going to be bored to tears with the policy. But um, I'm quick to point out that many of our clients will borrow from their policy, still get that four, five, six percent tax-free return. That's mm -hmm. nothing shabby, you know, mm -hmm. for for a good return there. And okay. they'll borrow against that policy and go get their syndication deal on their real estate or go buy their investment or whatever else they might want to do with that money. Now their policy is growing at whatever, four or five percent, mm -hmm. and they're getting their wonderful yield off their real estate deal or whatever else. So they've just increased their margin, their, their arbitrage without any additional market risk, um, which is hard to come across in this world today. Well, I love it because I know you work with uh, some people, investors who are very experienced investors, but still seems like a great way for a beginner investor to get yeah. their property, you know, to take it out of yeah. their, their life insurance policy, at least to get their start. And mm -hmm. then from there, they can uh, invest it back in. That's right. Well, hey, you know, most of the folks that I work with, they're all across the spectrum in terms mm -hmm. of their their uh, capability. And so folks that are just getting started, couldn't you use this to pay for your property tax every year? Couldn't oh, you use this for yes. your own down payment? Couldn't mm -hmm. you use this? I just helped a lady this morning. She borrowed from one of her policies for a down payment on a rental property that she's buying. Uh, another lady I just spoke with yesterday, she borrowed from one of her policies to fix up uh, an HVAC, you know, air conditioner that had gone out. And why pay cash for something right. like that when you can use the policy instead? So there's all sorts of simple, easy ways to, you know, in, bring back the banking function back in home in, in your it. own home. Now you don't sell these policies yourself, do you? But you recommend companies that would be good for people. Is that how it yeah, works? Yeah, correct. Yeah, the insurance companies are the ones that would offer the contract. Now sometimes I will recommend them to my clients and uh, you know organize them and service them. But as a certified financial planner. Uh, and and not and I'm not an insurance company myself, right? Uh, or my company is not. Mm -hmm. So we would broker those if need be, uh, as a part of our overall financial strategy for our clients, including other things, IRA rollovers, real estate needs, whatever. Uh, but it's one of the tools in the toolbox for sure. Oh, that is wonderful. So I wanted to ask you if you could pre create a perfect scenario for somebody. They did everything right in their lifetime. Certainly not me. But... Me neither. Me neither. <laughs> what would it look like? Well, that's it. I think most people have um, very little time in their day or their life to really stop and say, well, what would money look like if I could just create the perfect financial vehicle? If I could make mm -hmm. my own financial product, wave a magic wand, be Pope of money for the day, what sort of things would I want my money doing for me? What sort of mm -hmm. characteristics would I like it to have? And I think many people... Patty, maybe you can um, hear about this. Maybe you've seen this too. Many people will just sort of be handed financial products throughout their lifetime. Here, mm -hmm. here's a credit card, college kid, you know, right? Go have a nice t-shirt. Mm -hmm. um, here's a 401k, you right. know, uh, see you in 40 years. <laughs> you know? uh, here's, a, here's some crypto. Does, don't you feel cool now that you've got some crypto? So, you know, the list kind of goes on and on and on. And we just sort of collect these financial products and just put them in our backpack and they just sort of start to weigh Way us down, down over the years. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, like why did I get that thing rocks. again? Yeah. yeah. Like a pile of rocks. Yeah. Yeah. What's the synergy? What's the strategy with them all? Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. uh, so what if you could create a financial vehicle that did everything you wanted it to do? Forget about the labels. I don't care if it's called a savings account or a real estate property or an annuity or a dynastic trust or a whole life policy. I don't care what you call mm -hmm. it. Just does it do what you want it to do? for your financial life. And so 
in many of our conversations with folks, uh, we'll sit down and just start jotting down adjectives, like what kind of characteristics, how would you describe your money? And many mm-hmm. people will say things like, well, Mark, I want it to have a good competitive rate of return. Mm-hmm. I need it to beat inflation. I write that down. Okay, good rate of return. Mm-hmm. Then they'll say, Mark, I want it to be liquid. I want it to be accessible. I want it to be you know, available to me for any reason. I'll write that down, available mm-hmm. cash. Uh, without any red tape or prohibited transactions. Okay, got it. Okay. I want it to be done without any taxes due. Uh, Mark, I want it to be private so that if I get sued as a landlord, I want to make sure I'm not sued out of existence. Or if I'm a real estate agent and I make the wrong move in my business, I want to make sure I don't get sued. So I'll write down, okay, private, protected from creditors, protected from lawsuits. And I'll just keep going down the list, used as collateral. And what they describe (laughs) almost to a T, I mean, would you add anything to that list? Patty, is there anything that you? I think you've you could... about you've about covered it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, a per- passive income. A lot of people mm-hmm. will mention that too. But to a T, they describe one of those specially designed whole life policies of all things, right? Yeah. Um, it grows on a predictable basis. It's mm-hmm. liquid. It's accessible. You can turn it into passive income in retirement. It's uh, there's no red tape. It's protected in most states. It's protected from lawsuits and uh, bankruptcy proceedings. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be used as collateral for bigger projects like real estate projects, projects and more. Um, and yet, so many people pass right on by because they heard a radio show host tell them that they shouldn't get whole life insurance, but should invest it all in the market instead. Well, look how that's worked out for us. You know, it's the old Dr. Phil quote. How's that working out for us? <laughs> <laughs> love it. I love it. So uh, one of the things, you know, you mentioned crypto a minute ago. And uh, one of the things you said is that people can profit in crypto no matter what. And it's been so volatile. So that kind of caught my eye. I'm really interested in certain altcoins myself. And yeah. I belong to a group. But, you know, lately, I haven't been doing much with it. So I do mm-hmm. think it's going to come back. But how does that work where you can make money no matter what? Yeah, there, um, there's a famous investor, Robert Kiyosaki. He says there's three sides to the coin. There's heads, there's tails, and then there's the edge. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he tells us to play the edge, uh, but how to do it with crypto coins. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we've been discussing this idea of a bank-on-yourself designed whole life policy. Many of our clients who have dabbled and even gone headfirst into the uh, cryptocurrency asset class, they will build up significant it could be modest or it could be massive amounts of cash, whatever is appropriate for you. And a portion of that cash value could be borrowed out for crypto. Mm-hmm. Now let's think about what might happen there. Let's let's say best case scenario, your crypto doubles or triples or 10X. Mm-hmm. Well, wonderful. You can pay off the policy loan and keep your winnings or add to your policy and borrow again and so forth and so on. Uh, but the policy gave you four, five, six percent while you got incredible returns in the in the crypto coin. Now let's talk about what happens if the mark if the crypto coin crashes. Mm-hmm. At least you still had the growth of your policy. Mm-hmm. Whoops, we lost a bunch of money. That doesn't feel good. But at least we have positive growth in our policy, even factoring in any policy loan interest. There's still a positive arbitrage when you borrow against these policies. So you're still, at least you didn't lose that, right? Right. Uh, and then you can lick your wounds and maybe try again when you're ready to. Uh, and so have in the a next way, opportunity. it's diversifying. That's right. Well, yeah, yes. that's, that's right. And mm-hmm. straight back to my first class in the CFP class, uh, mm-hmm. CFP certification, they teach you about the um, 
the frontier, right? The mm -hmm. efficient market frontier. Uh, the, the, the market frontier is you get a risk-free asset and you pair that with a risk asset. Oh. So, and, and when you do that, when you put a little safe money coupled with some risk money, you can actually get a higher rate of return with lower volatility when you put the two assets together. You know, it's the idea of stocks and bonds, or at least that was the old idea of stocks and bonds before bonds started crashing this year. Mm -hmm. But whole life insurance, since it's guaranteed, is essentially risk-free. Borrowing against that to go buy some risk assets, whether it's real estate or crypto or mm -hmm. your business or anything else, that's a great way to pair things nice. I, I call it the wine and cheese of the financial universe. You know, it's they, they pair really nicely together. Oh, good pairing. Yes. Oh, that's <laughs> so interesting. My goodness. So I want to make sure that people know how to listen to your podcast. Do you talk about these kind of things on your podcast as well? Yes, this and many others. We talk about cryptocurrency. We talk about passive retirement income, real estate investing strategies, and this bank on yourself concept that we've been talking about together today, Patty. Mm -hmm. um, best way to find it is to go to Not Your Average Financial Podcast, mm -hmm. uh, anywhere you're listening to this show, Not Your Average Financial Podcast. Or if you just want to chat with me and answer some questions you might have, uh, we can help with building a true financial plan with some guarantees built in. Go to kickstartwithmark.com. That's kickstartwithmark.com. I mean, imagine what it would feel like to open up your account statements every year and always have a bigger number no ugly surprises. <laughs> so that's what we specialize in working with, with our clients on is to build that true financial plan that'll last for generations. Boy, you are a, a lifesaver. It sounds like to a lot of people, I can see how they would appreciate you so very much. What, what great knowledge you're sharing. And we didn't even get into your best-selling books. You have three of them. Well, thank you. Uh, you're very kind. Tell, make sure to tell my wife, okay? I promise. I will. <laughs> All right. Uh, no, I'm just joking. We're, we're still learning. Every day you try to get a little mm -hmm. better. Uh, as you know, no one's got it all figured out. No one's got a corner on truth. So uh, yeah. And and uh, so I just really appreciate the opportunity to speak with you, Patty, and your audience. Oh, well, thank you so much for being on Icons of Real Estate. I really appreciate it. And I learned so much. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs>